WCSG Backstage gives you access to your favorite WCSG DJs from your family-friendly morning show, the most music for your middays, and the ride home. I'm Jeremy. I'm Tom. I'm Steve. I'm Kathy, and this is WCSG Backstage. Welcome to WCSG Backstage. This episode, we celebrate March, which, by the way, is reading month. Yay! Yeah. Uh, We're going to look back at the childhood books that left their marks on us. We're going to dream about our favorite vacation spot. Going to share some of the most ridiculous news stories we can find with What the What. And Tom shares this week's deep cut. Mm -hmm. So let's get to it. In honor of Dr. Seuss's birthday, March is reading month. So thinking back to our childhood reading days... Wondering which childhood book left the biggest mark on you. Tom, lead us off. Yeah, uh, I I loved a book. It was uh, about a little mouse. It was called Frederick Mm. by uh, Leah Leone. And it's about this this little mouse, this group of mice that live uh, in this uh, old cobblestone fence uh, on an abandoned farm. And uh, they're gathering uh, fruits and nuts and everything for the winter, Mm -hmm. except for one little mouse, Frederick, who's just sitting and basking in the sunlight. And the other mice are like, what are you doing, man? He's like, I'm, I'm gathering sunlight for the winter days. Mm-hmm. And they continue to uh, to go ahead and gather nuts and fruits and stuff like that. And he continues to just kind of bask in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, then fast forward to the winter days uh, where they're finally starting to maybe not have so much food around. And they're like, Frederick, what what's that stuff you were talking about? And he starts talking about the sunshine and how beautiful and warm it is and describing it. And they all start warming up and he's talking about the colors that he saw and it's just about uh, frederick who gathered something a a little different for the winter months Mm. uh than than the other mice gathered and and it ended up warming their hearts and and just really blessing them uh later in the winter months so just a really cute story i want to read that now and get warm it's good they're focused on the physical needs and he's taking care of the emotional needs exactly yep what's what's the name of it again uh frederick it's by leah leone just a, a beautiful Beautiful little book, a great little pictures, just mm. a, nice, very cool. a nice storybook for the kids. All yeah. right. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll go next, and uh, I've got one, and I've got a runner-up, but <laughs> they are not going to require a great deal of explanation because you all know both of them. Okay. First, Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I loved about that book was, uh, speaking of, you know, Focusing on emotional needs, Max needs to release some of his anger, Mm. some of his frustration, uh, and doesn't have a good forum for that until he goes to the island of the wild things, and then he gets it all worked out. (laughs) So that spoke to me as a kid who you know wasn't really in touch with his emotions. Uh Uh, The runner up for me is the Lorax. Yeah, I don't know. Speaking of Doctor Seuss, Mm. I don't know. I just I feel like there was something kind of magical about it. The the message of the book. It went totally over my head. Sure. I mean, uh-huh. I think I took it in, but wasn't conscious of right. it until much later. Uh, just the idea of, you know, being responsible mm-hmm. for the things that you 
that you do mm-hmm. and uh, the things that you take. And so anyway, but yeah, there was something about both of those that really grabbed my imagination. So having both of those as your top two most impactful books, both of them have been turned into movies. Mm. Yeah. Did you like one oh. or the other I, or neither? I did like, you know, the kind of like original animated version of the Lorax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that when they would put that special on TV every once in a while, I did get into that. Um, the more recent one, like, I don't know, like I felt like it took too many liberties. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and, <laughs> I liked and it. Did you? <laughs> I did. Well, it the wild fun. things are, uh, again, like, I don't know, like I, just, I felt like it was trying to do too much. And uh, well, I'm sure the basic message was in it's there. It's hard to take a kid's book and make it into yeah. a feature length movie. A yeah. feature, it's, for yeah. sure. Like 18 pages. Exactly. <laughs> right. With pictures. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go next. Uh, thinking back to my childhood, there are a few books that left an impression. So like Steve, I have a couple choices uh, to pick from. I really enjoyed Harold and the Purple Crayon mm-hmm. just because I love the creativity of yeah. it and love the that. imagination and just the message that it shares. Uh, so that was a positive one. Leaving Mark could be positive or negative. Mm. Uh, in fifth grade, we were told to read The Secret Garden. Mm-hmm. And with all oh, okay. the old English language, really struggled with that. And it really turned me off for reading. So okay. I've had oh. to really kind of rebuild back from that. But the, the Top Spot One uh, actually is a Dr. Seuss book. It's Green Eggs and Ham. Love it. Most kids learn this one because there's only like... I don't know, less than 60 different words in the book or something right. crazy like that. Uh, but I remember reading it at my grandparents' house, and it was the first book that I could read from beginning to end without help. And I just mm. remember everybody being so excited about yeah. it, and myself being excited no about doubt. it, that I had accomplished something. So that's that nice. one's always the one that's at the top of the list. And it's fun and funny, so yes. you can't go wrong there. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The book I chose that had an impact on me growing up was The Giving Tree by mm. Shel Silverstein. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that one. It's about a tree tree that gives everything it has to this boy um, things like the swing that he you know hanging from its branches and the place that he could carve his initials when he's a teenager um, it even gives him the branches to build a house and then a boat to travel the world and he gives everything he has even down to his stump and when the the boy is old he comes back and he sits on the stump mm. and you know so the tree <laughs> never stops giving to this boy mm. and I love it it's about relationship and it just reminds me now I don't know if it did then but it reminds me now of just god's unconditional love mm. um how he gave us everything and he delights in a relationship with us so it's just a beautiful beautiful story what's so interesting about that is you read it as a kid or have it read to you mm-hmm. and it means one thing right. but then when yeah. you become a parent like it's an entirely yep. different book yeah so absolutely <laughs> what the what the world is full of good news not so good news and then way <laughs> off in left field is the news of the weird or what we call what the what <laughs> jeremy why don't you go first today? all right so we may have heard i think i've heard of this time or two pigs are pretty highly intelligent creatures mm. well a recent study has revealed that they're also very skilled at video games stop uh, it. What? Study, <laughs> there was a study recently conducted and it culminated with the extensive research into pig intelligence that began in the 90s uh thanks to a legendary swine researcher who that's who they're referencing Uh, he passed away in 2010 but they picked up this work kept it going and followed four different pigs hamlet omelet 
ebony, and oh. ivory, and they were all trained at a rudimentary joystick-operated video game task. Basically, with their snouts, they, if they operate this joystick and they move this dot and hit a wall, then a treat will come out. Hmm. And they were able to figure this all out very quickly. The game had a variety of difficulties, but they were all able to make it happen. Um, they were forced to retire after a little bit because they had grown too large yeah. enough to keep up with the sessions, and everybody seems to be doing pretty well now, but uh, wow. apparently that is something that they can do. We always thought wow. monkeys can do them, but now pigs can as well. That's sad that a pig could probably beat me at a video game, <laughs> for sure. The slight alteration of the game Pong. Now, basically. Pork Pong. Pork, pork pong. pong. There you yeah, go. I like that's it. nice. <laughs> or Pig Pong. Oh, that's good. That's too. better. I like yeah. that a lot. Very I feel nice like that was actually a real board game. <laughs> that sounds real familiar. Right. I, I think that might be a real product. If it's not, you guys work on that. Yeah, really. <laughs> Well, moving over to Russia, apparently packs of dogs in Russia are inexplicably turning up pink and blue. What? Like, like really blue, like day glow blue. <laughs> uh, apparently, the bizarre phenomenon has occurred in and around the town of Jerzink, about 242 miles east of Moscow, uh, near the abandoned chemical plant. Okay. Uh, that, yep, that once yep. manufactured highly toxic hydrocyanic acid, which is also a core ingredient in a once commonly used Prussian blue dye. Uh-huh. Uh, without clearer details, uh, Dmitry, head physician of Zuzhitsitka Veterinary Hospital, officially blamed the blue hue on some kind of chemical, which doesn't appear to have harmed the animals. Physically, good thing. Oh, that's good. Uh, but the blue dogs are reportedly uh, <laughs> remaining under close observation. Uh, meanwhile, no announcements have been made to specifically address the pooches that are turning up pink. Now, well, are the blue funny. ones wow. boys and the pink ones girls? That, that, that would be interesting. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's how it's going. No. Okay. Just, just, <laughs> just packs of blue dogs roaming Russia. That's, that's funny. And good job on all those pronunciations because that yeah. sounded hard. Oh, yeah. Well I done. don't know that any of those were correct. Oh, well, you as long as, well. as long as you say it confidently. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm, exactly. That's the key. I'll go next. I'm going to bring us a story from India. Okay. So we're all around the globe today. A monkey attacked a lab technician on the campus of a medical school in India and ran away with blood samples from three patients infected with COVID-19. The robbed lab technician took video with his phone of the incident. Of course, that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, After snatching the samples and other medical items, the video reveals that the monkey clambered up a nearby tree and then shows the animal gnawing on what looks like surgical gloves. So yay, way to you know stop the spread of the coronavirus. Obviously, there was a lot of concern that the monkey could spread the virus if the blood samples were exposed. But, you know, the evidence suggested that it's not transmitted through blood, but rather through contaminated droplets. And so no worries, right? Yeah, no worries. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But my concern is really why is the monkey in this lab? A, why is a, there a loose monkey? That is exactly lab. where my brain went. Yeah. In this why lab. Do we have a monkey and COVID-19 in the same uh-huh. area. Yeah. Okay. Maybe so, he's like the pigs and they're teaching him yeah. how to, to do the scientific yeah. stuff normally yeah. Maybe done. the monkey is blue uh-huh. yeah. and they're trying to figure out what kind the of solution. chemicals. The, sure. Sure. <laughs> there you go. So many interesting. I know. <laughs> wow. Okay. And now we go to Japan mm. where an entrepreneur has has developed a body odor analyzer. Nice. You ever felt self-conscious and concerned that you might have a BO problem? Yes. Well, in the past, the ways to assess have always been, one, self-checking. Sure. You know, the covert pit check. Uh-huh. The other option, if you're 
olfactorily challenged is you have to discreetly ask a trusted friend or loved one, do I stink? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, now humility, vulnerability, the need for trusted relationships are a thing of the past with Shota is she does bio analysis service uh, using a gas chromatography mass spectrometer or GCMS. His company can now offer discrete yet comprehensive BO analysis. Considered the gold standard for identifying unknown chemical substances, the GCMS is widely used in everything from pesticide analysis to the food, beverage, and perfume industries. Now, it's analyzing personal body odor, too. Ishida's clients get a readout in parts per million that explains how much of a few key offenders they're emitting. Basically, they hone in on uh, levels of the 25 most pungent organic compounds, um, things like diacetyl, which is blamed for back of the head odor. Stop it. Which There's back of the head I've over. I did not know even that. heard of that. Great. That's the no. kind you One smell more. when you're sitting behind somebody. I guess. Okay. Yeah, Give yeah. me my neck deodorant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's also naninol, which is associated with old age smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, women in their 30s and 40s are his main clientele, but parents often buy the kits for their teenagers. Oh, sure. Which okay. makes total sense. Yeah. Anyway, after a little more than a year in the business, Ishida has sold more than 1,000 kits, and he supplements his revenue by consulting for makers of odor treatment products. Of course, you know, you got to get the... Uh, he's in cahoots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he's about to launch a new armpit-only analysis kit, and he's considering a halitosis rating service oh, as wow. well. Hmm. Do you have to send these in? Do you have to wait like a week? Oh, I stank a week ago. The deal I knew is, now the deal it's is good. you put on a, a t-shirt and wear it for 24 hours sure. and then you mail that in. Although what? he's beginning to do like one-on-one like face-to-face consultations which okay. cost more. Boy. I'm suddenly very self-conscious. I'm glad, I'm <laughs> glad that we're like sweaty. socially distant. Feeling socially very distanced. moist <laughs> under my yeah. arms. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing. Thank sure, you. yeah. Well, spring is coming and eventually spring break will be here, which means many will be doing the vacation thing. Uh, COVID aside, if you could only vacation in one location for the rest of your life, Mm. where would it be and why? Kathy, where are you vacationing? Okay, I really struggled with this because I have a hard time with decisions, but then I was remembering that game we used to play that was like, don't think, just answer. Remember that game? We should play that sometime. Um, And I was like, okay, hmm, has to be warm. And that's because I'm cold right now because we're in the middle of winter. Has to be warm, um, but it can't be warm like too hot, like like in the south where it gets so hot in the summer. Because I might want to go there in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, has to have mountains because my husband loves mountains, and has to have the beach because I love the beach. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also it has to be somewhere that I've been because this is my forevercation, mm. and I have to you know be like, all right, I've been there before and I've loved it. So I chose Hawaii because we have a lot of places we can go in Hawaii. You know, you get the nice climate of like seventy-ish degrees and. You can go to the beach, you can turn around, and you can see the mountains. So you get the, kind of the best of both. And there's commercial areas, so if you want to shop. And then there's also those remote areas that you can go to and just hang out by yourself. It's also still in the United States, so I don't have to worry about yeah, passport stuff. That's nice. So, yep, Hawaii. I chose, uh, I chose Guatemala. I had a chance to go there with uh, Orphan Outreach mm-hmm. a number of years ago and just fell in love uh, with the people, the region, um, probably... Antigua or Chimaltenango. Uh, what I love about uh, Guatemala is 
they've got these city squares. So there's like the, the main city square. There's a cathedral. Yeah. There, there's all these little restaurants off the city square. Plus there's there's these open markets. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just a really beautiful area. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, the people there are, are some of the kindest people that I think I've ever run into in my life. So uh, plus your dollar stretch is quite mm, a bit. That's true. There you go. Which is nice. So yes. beautiful destination, uh, wonderful surroundings, good people. And uh, the food was amazing, too, as long right. as you don't eat the street vendor food. Right. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. You've be discerning know. on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've not done a lot of vacationing in my life. I've maybe hit Florida a couple times, and that's about it, aside from stuff in the lower 48. So I did a little research just to try and find a good place. I've heard of things called all-inclusive resorts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Those sound fun. So mm-hmm. if I could find one in Bora Bora, mm. it seemed like an interesting place to go. Um, <laughs> it is a small island. Uh, It's about six miles long and a little more than two miles wide. It has a dormant volcano, aquamarine lagoons. It has snorkeling. You can hike up to the volcano, which is nice. Uh, They consider it the Pearl of the Pacific. Um, So it's got some great resorts, sunny skies, uh, warm waters, friendly locals, they say. And it looks like it's a little hard to get to based on its location, but the photos, everything I saw looked amazing. And coming up here in just a couple weeks, they say it's the number one destination spot in April. Wow, so, really? I feel like that's a good time. Bora Bora. Oh, yeah. Bora Bora. Wow. Okay, well, I obviously put the least amount of thought into this <laughs> of all of you. I did a little bit of the don't think, just answer like you did, Kathy, but um, I'm saying Israel, cool. a okay. place I've never been, uh-huh. um, and is... You know, I would need like the passport and travel, you know, those kinds of concerns would definitely be an issue and money. I'm sure it's not the most economical vacation. But my wife, Kelly, who has historically not been much of a traveler, has recently found these YouTubers, this couple, Sergio and Rhoda, and uh, they live in Israel and they are uh, messianic believers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and but they're Jewish and they go to these locations not the big touristy ones that you think of like in Jerusalem or Bethlehem or whatever they but they go to these places that connect to a biblical story um, and uh, it's just beautiful I mean the the landscape is beautiful so it's got the it's got for both me and Kelly I think it appeals to us because she likes the natural beauty mm-hmm. she loves just nature and I love history mm-hmm. yeah so we could get something for both of us there oh, wow. and experience different kinds of climates um, but it's also very modern i mean they got nice hotels Mm -hmm. and you know resort kind of places but also at beaches and shopping and then you can get out and experience nature and connect it to really awesome historical biblical stories so anyway um that's why i went with israel for and someone who prefaced it by saying I didn't put a lot of thought yeah, into it, seemed... I want to go there now. Yeah, so, I, totally, I want to change totally mine. Good, okay. good sell. Yeah. Watch, watch Sergio and Rhoda. It, it's they've got a YouTube channel. Interesting. It's pretty cool. But I, um, I want to watch you just talk about that. <laughs> I think it's going to be someday when we're able to like take a two month vacation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, because you'd have to spend that much time there. Anyway, sure, sure. Yeah. All right. As always, we appreciate you listening to WCSG Backstage. Help with the success of the WCSG Backstage podcast by rating, subscribing, and sharing with your friends. Each show, we wrap up with a deep cut, a song we enjoy that maybe you haven't heard of. Tom, what'd you bring us? Yeah, I brought a really sweet song. Um, I was raised by a single mom, and she loved uh, Kate Bush and Joni Mitchell and mm. and, and those artists. So uh, this, uh, this artist kind of has that feel. Her name is Anna Golden. Uh, the name of the song is Birds, 
and it's just a sweet song. It kind of touches on anxiety, but also God's goodness and his faithfulness. Just a, a beautiful, sweet little ballad from Anna Golden. Again, the name of the song is Birds. All right. I'm Jeremy. I'm Tom. I'm Steve. I'm Kathy. And this is WCSG Backstage. In my life 